2: Welcome to It Friday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. A lot to get to. Uh, pretty impressive visitors list this weekend for Nebraska football. And I about said basketball. Uh, roadie to uh, Siberia as it's been deemed. But uh, Nebraska off to uh, a really talented Penn State. We'll dive into those topics in the course of the NFL weekend. It will be My Redemption Friday when it comes to steak and beer bets. I don't know about that. We will do best of the four playoff games. We will do over-unders. And I will avoid uh, owing you a side of beef. That is my goal for the weekend. Numbers to dial in. can get in touch with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, and watch the show and contribute. Um, uh, Matt uh, is in already with uh, the big visitor. I mean, not just... Uh, figuratively, but literally at six foot eight, Mr. Hood, uh, Jacob Hood is on campus right now. He is a offensive lineman Guess from where from the university of Georgia. We'll get into that Georgia connection, how and why it's happening for Nebraska, but to the, uh, the stream we go and, uh, you can watch the show and contribute and, uh, connect that way. Hale Varsity YouTube channel is where you can watch and then different platforms as well on Twitter, ESPN Lincoln, Twitter, Hale Varsity radio, Twitter at H Varsity radio, ESPN Lincoln, Facebook. Uh, be sure to catch that uh, or, or tap that follow for Hale Varsity radio at H Varsity radio. Of course, coffee and cream with uh, Damon and Andrew weekday morning, seven to nine. But I've been asked about it. You've been asked about it. Why? Well, why not? It's it's a good it's a good question and and resource. But how's how's Georgia and and Nebraska connected? Why is it happening? Why has Nebraska had a total of four Bulldogs on campus with one commitment uh, just yesterday in an uh, in incredible potential uh, tight end for Nebraska and and why were they in the running for another? Why were they in the running for a, a couple of different uh, options on the lines of scrimmage? And oh yeah, by the way, you get Sherman, the, the Georgia edge guy. So uh, is Nebraska next in line to get uh, a talent uh, like we're talking about here with Jacob Hood. We, Jacob Hood's not seen the field. We, we know Jacob Hood, six foot eight and 350, and good enough to get a scholarship offer from Georgia. We know Eric Gilbert is good enough to be the number one right, rated tight end in the country, and wow at LSU at times as a true freshman and be a preseason All-American team, but then you didn't see much more production. Uh, so there's a, a method here as to what matt rule is doing and let's reset why it's happening how's there a connection and if you go back to the idea of who's going to be on on coach rules coaching staff i mean that was once coach rule was named uh there was uh, a lot of names because coach rules coached at a few different spots He's rounded out his coaching staff. But Elijah, Fran Brown was the name that we heard a lot, potentially, as an option in the secondary or as an option as a defensive coordinator because of his relationship with Coach Rule. Coach Rule gave him his first job as a GA at Temple. And uh, this is uh, all the way back... In uh, 2012, okay, and and to Fran Brown's credit, he worked his butt off. He was Rule's top recruiter at Temple, and he's a guy that has found guys and put a plethora of guys into the NFL. Five or six guys into the NFL from Temple. He's a Camden, New Jersey native, and how they connected is an interesting backstory. So you had. Fran Brown plays college football at Western Carolina. Well, Matt Rule spent time at Western Carolina. You had Matt Rule at Temple. Well, Camden, New Jersey is just across the river uh, from from Philly and and Temple. And you have Cam, you have Fran Brown. That's that. All right, he's out of football. Spent a year with the Bengals, and he's coaching his little guys' Pee Wee football team. And and Matt Rule's like, hey, would you guys want to come watch Temple? Rule'd go over there, hand out tickets <laughs> to uh, to Fran Brown and, and and the youth football team. And then he asked Fran Brown, hey, do you want to come volunteer at a at, at a Temple camp? And then it, it just grew from there. Rule quickly identified with Fran Brown, dude. You can coach, you can recruit. It's something I think you'd be good at. And there's your, your, your friendship, your mentorship, your loyalty bond. And Matt Rule's done this with a ton of people in the football world. And Fran Brown uh, did not go to the NFL from Baylor, but he ended up going to, to, uh, to Rutgers and put a couple of guys into the NFL from Rutgers. They were all Big Ten, first, second, or third team in the secondary. And then Fran Brown gets the phone call from Kirby Smart in Georgia. Well, you got to be pretty damn good as a recruiter and as a coach to coach for Kirby Smart. <laughs> say that again, <laughs> because he's a Nick Saban disciple, and their thing is the back seven. I mean, they they are that that is their bread and butter. That's what they're great at. So there's your backstory. Fran may not be in Lincoln, but guess what? He's always probably going to be watching out for his guy Matt Rule. And if you have some kids from Georgia that hey, there's talent there. It may not work out here for you, or you're frustrated, or impatient, or you're just buried on a really good depth chart. Why don't you talk to my man Matt Rule, I think that's what is the that, that's got to be the reason. That is the reason. Well, and then combine
3: it with with peer recruiting. Once you get one in the boat, once M J Sherman's in the boat, now everyone who's going to visit Nebraska, now everyone that is getting called by Matt Rule can go to their former teammate and say. All right, give, give me the scoop. What's what's going down with Nebraska? Why did you commit to Nebraska? What 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 does it have that made you want to commit? You know, Eric Gilbert can go call up Sherman. Uh, you got Hood; he can go call up Sherman or now Eric Gilbert both. Or and say, they can
2: say what's up <laughs> to yeah. each
3: other now that everyone's on campus. Exactly. You, you can say why Nebraska? When they say, "Well, well, Fran Brown recommended him." I, I really like my connection with Rule. He's. He's got a, a good NIL set up here. He's got a, a good thing he's building. And I, I just like all the opportunities. And that is now the spark. You know what? You trust somebody who you've played football with a hell of a lot more than just some coach who you don't know who is calling you up. Sound, You know, what? who
2: sounds good, could maybe sweet talk me. Yeah. Is it fairy tale or reality? But you talk to your peers, and they're going to listen to Fran Brown. Fran Brown's going to stand up and jump on the table, as they say in the coaching world for Matt Rule. And. Hey, this is nice for Nebraska, and it's nice because of of who they've gone after. It kind of reminds me of Tim Miles and Coach Craig Smith. Mm. Okay, And I say that because what really sparked Nebraska's tournament run year two for Tim Miles? Well, they got hot. They won some big games against Frank the Tank. They won at Michigan State. How'd they do it? You had some guys in year one that weren't eligible as transfers. Craig Smith was all over Teran Petaway, and Teran ended up picking out Texas Tech before transferring. Walt Pitchford was at Florida, right? And it was between Michigan, Michigan State, and Florida. Well, Walt came back around, and uh, Nebraska was able to get him. Walt was was huge as, as a stretch four. And then combine those guys with some some younger guys recruiting out of high school, the, the Siobhan Shields. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, nice, nice, tr- nice triple threat. But the point is, is you can get high level talent guys that for whatever reason aren't getting the time or aren't immediately ready, and they think the grass is greener. Can you grab them, get them in your situation, and watch them flourish? That happened for Nebraska basketball during the tournament run. Uh, but the the guys that rules going after are major high level sec talents
3: well and i really like the comparison of the transfer portal being like a yard sale it's college football's yard sale you know what (laughs) when you go to a yard sale
2: hell this mower works
3: (laughs) that's what i'm saying there's going to be some deals there's going to be some things where you go you know what whoever owned this last did not utilize it correctly within their
2: home operation error
3: you know that they they put this record player out in the lawn turns out they don't have any vinyl so what's the point of them having a record player? you're going to get a great deal for it but then on the other hand, you could also, by that same token, buy some junk. This this object you're looking at, the yard sale in the front yard, could look really nice. But it's not plugged, it in in the not it's not plugged it into the front yard. may not work. It's not plugged into the front yard. You take work. it home, you plug it in, and it's not going to work. You have to ask yourself, there's a reason why somebody is putting their extra stuff out in the yard. Why? What is that reason? It could be anything from, it's junk, it doesn't work, I'm just trying to get a dollar out of it before I, I throw it in the, the scrap pile. Or it could be, you know what? It's just not the right time. We got it. we got good usage out of this. It's time for us to either upgrade or it's time for us to, to get this out of the house because it's taking up space. Or and it's we not never, we used, right now. It. We, it we never used it. We never used it. probably real good, but we never got to it. Exactly. There's a whole bunch of reasons, and you have to to sift through those reasons. And Is there a good chance that Nebraska in the transfer portal this cycle is going to pick out some guys that are never going to land on their feet at Nebraska? It's just not going to work out? It happens. Probably. But if you can get the, the, those couple of items, those couple of players that, you know what, they weren't utilized correctly by the last person who had them, but we're going to use them better in our system, in our program. If you can get a couple of those guys, it's a win in the transfer portal you've gotten saved yourself some money in that yard sale by going and getting this guy that's a little bit closer to ready-made he's got a couple years in a college weight program and now we're going to put him in our system which is going to allow him to shine he doesn't have to sit behind any future top 10 picks at georgia that, that's what the transfer portal is right now so you look at all these guys and all of these guys are going to have potential just like all those things you see at the yard sale that are five dollars and you go why are they only selling this for five dollars there's going to be potential there. It's all about uh, finding the right things at that yard sale and putting them correctly into your system. That's the best comparison I can use for the transfer portal. And when you look at these Georgia guys, it almost seems like what Georgia recruits to lines up with what Matt Rural wants to recruit to. They want to find physical freaks. Georgia might be recruiting guys that are a little more ready-made as football players, but they're going to be recruiting physical freaks. You're going to turn them into a product of your system. And guess what? Combine physical freak with being a really good football player, and you've got a, a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. Some of those guys aren't going to work out at Georgia, but guess what? They still retain those physical freak traits, and now Matt is going to take those guys and say, you know what? I, I know it didn't quite work out at Georgia, but we're going to see what, what we can do with it. And you look at the three guys, Sherman, Gilbert, and now you look at Hood, all physical freaks. I, I do think it's kind of funny that people were complaining about Husker offensive linemen this season being too big and not being able to move. But then as and soon as you see a six foot eight, 350 Mount pound Hood. monster, all that goes to the wayside. But again, it's back to that, that, that vision that Matt rule has. He wants physical freaks with some sort of athletic gift. That's God given. It's not taught and you can turn it into something. Well,
2: and, and you're going to get uh, presumably coached to an elite level. Mm. You're going to get developed to an elite level and you're coming in with uh, a, a, high level of, of talent, or at least that was the projection, the scouting done on you coming out of high school. And listen, not everybody at Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State gets to play as a true freshman or even a redshirt freshman, and that's okay. That's that's normal. That's That's been normal with some of the great championship programs. It's It's part of the reason they have sustained dominance. You just reload and you... Get guys ready when they're ready versus rolling the dice and throwing them early. It throwing them in early because they're a high level recruit. You've got ten portal commits: Gilbert, Sherman, Fleeks, Kemp, Scott, uh, Sims, Chief, Collier, Ortiz, Judy. Mm. All right, and uh, listen, you've got Georgia Tech. You've got a trio of Florida. You've got Baylor, you may have three from Georgia, two from Baylor, one from a and m you're you're betting on yourself as a coaching staff to get the best out of these guys that coming into elite programs that recruit and are typically and I'm talking the Georgias in Floridas of the world and even and even a and m they're recruiting at a top five the to top ten level year in year out because they're in that recruiting hotbed so. Listen, I love the strategy, and I think the payoff could be very real. Uh, you just never know because the, the, the transfers work out. Some do, some don't. It's just like recruiting. Your hit rate, if you're really good at it, it's 50%, and you need to supplement somehow, some way. But I love the, the mining that's being done in Georgia, and that connection goes back to Fran Brown and because Matt Rule pretty much discovered a really studly coach.
3: And it's inter interesting to see how this staff and and rules philosophy in the transfer portal differs from what we saw from frost and his staff where frost is going to northern colorado to get a guy in kevin williams he's going to Montana to go get a guy in, uh, in Torrey, like, which
2: tr- which was good.
3: That th- was th- that was really good. And there's there's options there, but it's just interesting to see now you're going and getting these high level Power Five guys that were at some of the best programs in the country. It's it's a big change from what we saw under Frost.
2: Jacob Padilla going to be with us. We'll dive into some Husker hoops and what is the outlook like for Nebraska basketball? Big one against Penn State. We'll see how things shake out with Northwestern's availability but you've made it through a very brutal part of the schedule and uh, what, what what's the, the prognosis look like for Nebraska uh, when you're down a guy in Jawan Gary and what kind of production are you going to be able to get who are we going to squeeze in here we got Pete here on line with quick thought Pete go ahead thanks for calling
0: hey I wanted to bring up on your garage sale theory uh, it's a pretty good theory the only problem is if you go to too many garage sales it's usually not too much later, and you got one of those signs up in your own yard.
2: <laughs> you got you to gotta get rid of. Your you own collect town. too much, and you gotta you gotta make room. I like it, Pete. Thanks for the phone call. <laughs> now that's a good call. The yard sale, the garage sale. Well, and, and Nebraska's over the scholarship
3: limit right now, so there there could be a garage sale of sorts from Nebraska following spring ball.
2: Uh, yeah, did I see something on Twitter or a little bit ago from our dear friend uh, Sharpie that Nebraska could be at a hundred? That's the number. Got to get down to 85. Eh.
3: (laughs) There's some ways to go about it.
2: No, I know there is. They're not real nice. No, they're not. (laughs) Thanks for playing. Jacob Adillo. We'll talk to him next.
1: And now, and now, back
2: to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency Bill Dolman. in an hour. Brady Altman's will get us the rundown, his take on the offensive line. And uh, where Nebraska wants to add, again, Jacob Hood on campus. We'll run down the visitors list this weekend. Jacob Padilla with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at JacobPadilla.com underscores where you find him. Jacob busy hoops weekend for you. And uh, of course uh, Nebraska feeling pretty good about themselves after the Ohio State win. And big picture it for me real quick before we get into uh, the Penn State matchup. You know, where where do you think this Nebraska team is at and how big was the Ohio State win as far as their <laughs> They're they're uh, giddy up the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, it was big. I think in particular for some of the underclassmen um, and for their confidence and for learning how they can contribute, because they made that run against the Ohio State in the second half when Derek Walker was on the bench and they had guys like Denim Dawson and Oleg Kolyanin and uh, Jamarcus Lawrence, Warren Breinbach, uh, those guys basically scored almost all those points uh, dur- during that that uh, run. So, um, if they if they can start to get some more contributions from those guys moving forward, um, it, c- it could go a long way towards making up for the uh, the loss of Juwan Garrett moving forward. So, from that standpoint, that the win was big, uh, just putting that that on tape for those guys to see, uh, to see themselves having some, some success. Adam Dawson, in particular, who is um, likely to see the largest increase in his role if he can if he can produce and take advantage of it. He had seven points, eight boards, uh, and did a good job defensively on Bryce Pennsauk against Ohio State. So, um, in terms of big picture and what the win does overall, it just kind of keeps this thing going. Like it, it, uh, it it's a, it's a it's a win that they could have gotten. Obviously the uh, Holding serve at home is important. Uh, they, they had the disappointing loss to Illinois a um, couple home games ago. So to, to get an Ohio State uh, team that came in struggling and to keep them struggling um, is big for Nebraska, just adding on another win. Um, they've already reached the win total from last year, which was more than the first two years of the Hoiber tenure. So it, it is showing forward progress. Um, and now they've got to, they've got to keep battling and get as many of these wins as they can. Um, like this, we're still in a place where they aren't favored And I think, Kempom only has a favored in two of their remaining games. Um, so that, that shows you kind of things could, could be a dicey moving forward, especially without Gary. So just to get the wins now where you can, um, it, it's just big. For that that's confidence and to, to keep like, hey, we can do this. Let's, let's keep this thing pushing forward. Um, because things are going to continue to to be tough for the rest of the way.
3: Jacob Badillo's is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jacob, we'll, we'll look ahead in the schedule here in just a second with some, some games coming up that are going to be really important in Big Ten standings. But first, I want to dive in on a guy that you mentioned briefly. That's Denim Dawson. He's going to have a big role moving forward, filling the shoes of Jawan And I want to get your take on the development and the strides you've seen from him as this year has gone on. And then on the flip side of things, what still worries you about his game? He's a younger guy, and he's stepping up, filling some some big shoes. What w- about that worries you with Denim Dawson stepping into that bigger role? role as the year moves on
0: but the worry is uh before that uh ohio state game he had scored i think 19 total points on the season and eight of those were against omaha in the second game of the year uh i think he only made one shot in big 10 uh play to that point so um the guy that has really struggled offensively when he's been out there and so um it, it, we're talking about kind of a breakout game here, and he had seven points. Still,
5: he had two
0: really, really big buckets there in the second half, and he was the first one to hit a three for the team. Um, but uh, he's still not a guy that you're looking at that can replace. That you could that feel great about replacing the nine and a half points a game that Jawan gave And Jawan wasn't even a great offensive player, obviously. So um, that's kind of the worry there. Uh, is, kind of a limited skill set at this point, but both of those, those drives to the basket were impressive. They, uh, he did a great job of taking advantage of gaps, going hard to the rim, and then showing off the, the athleticism that had the coaches intrigued when they were going out on the recruiting trail looking at it. Um, so that's, I think you're going to continue to get a good effort on the glass. Uh, he, he's not a great defender like he can be taken advantage of as, as an underclassman, but again, he did a great job on by Sensobot and making him work, and it's uh, kind of like Gary is a good matchup for the, those wing types that maybe aren't the the super quickest. Like Terrence Shannon, he struggled on, but so did the entire team. Um, a guy like Senzabad is kind of stronger, more of that, that, that six six, six seven kind of wing type. That's that's what they're going to need him to defend, uh, and I think he's going to continue to give good effort in, in that area. Continue to crash the glass. and Not a question is all right, can he give you something offensively to justify keeping him out there for 30 minutes? Because Ohio State, he did, and they they got a win, in part because of it.
2: Jacob Adilla is with us from com and magazine at Jacob Adilla underscore Jacob. A couple of different podcasts you need to check out as well on the herdad platform. Jacob, so Penn State, Nebraska, your thoughts on the matchup, the key for Nebraska, and then, again, the second part is the big picture. What's a what's a uh, a good conference tally? What's a doable number for Fred in Nebraska with conference wins this year?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the tough question to answer, and that's why. You're like, I don't know, that's
2: man. The- <laughs> Talk to me <laughs> well, after January. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like, you asked me what the Ohio State win means. It means that the... the bottom hasn't fallen out yet. Like, they haven't. (laughs) uh, Every win is a big win at this point because of how tough the the schedule is. And again, Minnesota is the only legitimately bad team in the entire conference. And it took them overtime to to get that road win. So um, that doesn't have you feeling great when you go on the road and play tougher team. Like uh, like Penn State, uh, for example, like they uh, their last home game, they, they hit 18-3 and smacked uh, Indiana by 19, I believe it was. Um, so it's a tough place to go into. It's not not a fun place to go. It's not an easy place to get to, and the facilities aren't. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the podcast. Bigelow and I had uh, Mark Titus, uh, the former Ohio State walk-on and uh, host the podcast for Fox, Titus uh, and uh They both agree that Penn State's the worst uh Venue in the Big Ten, in terms of like as a uh, player slash team going to visit there. Um, so you got all that kind of working against you. And Penn State's a pretty good team. Uh, they are one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. And they take uh, the high, uh, I think they're 14th in three point rate and sixth in three point percentage. So they are going to shoot it a ton. They just put a bunch of shooters around Jalen Pickett, who is one of the best guards in the country, uh, putting up like 18, 8, and 7, basically this year, uh, dishing out to all their shooters, kind of working inside. Like Sam Grusso, he's a bigger guard that um, not six seven, but he's, he uses his body well. He's six, four, really solid, posts up, um, tries to draw a double, and then find the shooters. Uh, and if you don't double him, he's going to score more often than not. So, really tough matchup here, and that's kind of what you're going to face a lot of on the Big Ten. So, we still need to get a bigger uh, sample size of this team without Juwan Gary before I have any idea how the rest of the, uh, the season is going to go. Uh, but th- that Ohio State win certainly, I think, should give them some confidence, especially if they can continue to get contributions from guys like Dawson and Tomanaga and uh, Jamarcus Warren.
3: Jacob, when you look at the the next couple of games, it feels like they have big conference implications with so many teams in the Big Ten sitting around 500 in conference play. Nebraska currently sits in 12th. Uh, The next three games are Penn State, who is currently in 10th. Northwestern who's currently in 8th. And then Maryland, who's currently in 11th. If Nebraska would would be able to sweep all three of those games, they could realistically jump as high as 7th or 8th in the Big Ten with just how congested the middle of the conference is. So tell me about this next stretch of games for Husker basketball and how important it is in the grand scheme of their season.
0: Well, right now, I'm just hoping that they're able to play that Northwestern game. Uh, the Wildcats are currently on a pause combination of COVID and injuries. They just don't have enough players to play a basketball game right now. I think there are like five or six healthy players, uh, last I heard. Uh, so, as of now, Nebraska is planning to play that game, but they, they've they already had two games this week postponed slash canceled. Um, so, would be on Tuesday would be their next game coming up. So hopefully they, they can get healthy, uh, guys can get out of the protocol. But maybe I haven't seen if, what kind of injuries they're dealing with, if they're long-term type of things, or if it's like a rolled ankle where a guy could get over it and be able to play um, relatively quickly. Um, so that's one that you're going to have to continue to watch out for. I'm sure we'll, we'll get word about that this weekend. Um, obviously got to give some kind of a, a heads up. The advanced planning. Um, so, li- listen for that this weekend, see whether or not Nebraska has that Tuesday game. But, um, yeah, like, I'm not even looking at the, the conference standings at this point. Like, for this program, it's just about getting as many wins as you can. Um, like, postseason, conference standings, all that, like, that's all just, let's uh, let's go game by game and then see where that falls at the end of, of the season. Because, um, again, already they they've hit the 10 win mark. That's uh, the high point under Hoiberg to this point. So anything from here on is progress, and that's what you're looking for. Is like if they can put together a little string here and make it into some kind of postseason tournament, that would be huge. But uh, again, uh, could just as easily go the other way. It's something where you got to see game to game. How are they performing? Are guys getting better? Uh, are they settling into roles or? Is, uh, or is it a deal where teams are kind of figuring out the way to defend Nebraska and things are going to get harder and they just don't have any answers. It could go either way at this point And that's why, again, you're going to have to watch closely to see how these games play
2: out. Jacob Adela is with us from Hale Varsity. Jacob, uh, less than a minute, but uh, prep game of the weekend. What, what's on your radar?
0: Uh, game of the weekend. I am uh, a good question. I, I went to Bellevue West Gretna last night, obviously, um, Impressive. Gretna had a fourth-quarter lead, and then W.S. went on a 14-4 run uh, and won that thing by 11. Uh, so wow. 15-0, 15 double-digit wins. Uh, W.S. firmly at number one, but Gretna showed well for itself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be checking out the Nebraska Prep Classic uh, on Saturday at the Arena. Tom Creeville runs that thing. Kind of uh, Iowa and Nebraska, boys and girls teams mixed in there. Uh, Platteview, view is taking on Abraham Lincoln, and they're going to play at the shot clock. So uh, excited to see how many shots that Connor Milliken can get up in a, in a shot clock game. Uh, um, so th- that's definitely one of the ones that I'm going to be looking for tomorrow night. And then I'm going to see North at Bennington tonight. I know North has a lot of really talented young players, including Quick Garner, son of a former Husker there. having a really good freshman year for them. So excited to, uh, t- to see them play.
2: Jacob, we'll be following you on Twitter and tension your work on Hale City. Thanks for checking in with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, appreciate you. Jacob Padilla, good stuff. Catch his podcasts again. Uh, we'll dive into the visitors list on the way with Hale Varsity.
3: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
1: Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at HailVarsity
2: Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Great to be with you. Friday continues. It's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Give us a find on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Jacob Padilla. His segment posted on the uh, Hale Varsity podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the full show, or some individualized segments for your listening pleasure. Weekend visit list. We'll dive into some of the offers that are out there As well from Nebraska Coaches with Brady Altman's from Hale Varsity. Next hour, Bill Dolman going to join us in about uh, 20 minutes. 466-3776 numbers to get in. And Elijah's garage sale slash yard sale analogy uh, can find some great value uh, when going to said garage sale. I, I haven't been reminded of it yet by my brother, but I picked up. We lived across the street, great neighborhood, South Lincoln's where I grew up, and uh, wandered across the street one summer day at a garage sale. And to be frank with you, I despise garage sales. I despised every year having to uh, gather up things and do the garage sale thing. I I don't know how many of my fantastic Star Wars toys that, no, I would not play with today, but were sold at pennies when you have these vintage toy shops that... Would have, would have probably paid through the nose for some originals. Uh, long story short, I went across the street one day, and on the table was a pair of original Air Jordan 1s, like the Chicago Bulls, the maroon, the white, the black Nike swoosh. They were nine and a half, so they were too tiny, but for a dollar. And they weren't perfect, but they weren't destroyed, you didn't wear them to mow. So I picked them up. Fast forward five years later, I sell them to my brother because I wrecked my car. I, I, I was selling baseball cards. Well, how much did you sell them for? That's the real question. I think like 20 bucks.
3: That's a profit. That's, oh, I know. That's
2: 2,000% profit I know. It's hosing the little brother, you know, $19 in profit. Fast forward now, he repeatedly gets thousands of dollars online offered for originals. Mm-hmm. And he still has them to my knowledge. So, two rules Uh, don't sell uh, sweet finds at the garage sale too soon to family members. B, uh, don't wreck your car as a teenager, (laughs) Junior. C, that, you know what, Nebraska could find some good things in the transfer portal. They might find their is. pair of their their pair of Air Jordan
3: 1s. See, for me, the, the golf clubs I still use to this day were actually a garage sale pickup from my dad way back when. Uh-huh. So they're not even close to fitting me, but, like, you know, I don't
2: golf enough Oh, to I, I know. <laughs> that's why you're not inviting me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, yeah, they don't fit Elijah very well.
3: <laughs> no, they, they don't fit me very well, but they get the job done. I, I think that's it's a great comparison for the portal, too, because you know what, mm. if you want the perfect... Fitted pair of golf clubs. Yeah, you can go spend you hundreds go, of dollars. You go, by, them.
2: you go to the NIL collective. You say, "Bro, I need, I need a new left tackle. <laughs> I need a quarterback. I need a, I need a dude off the edge, and I need a, a lockdown quarter." Where's the checkbook? But on the other hand, if you're looking for a,
3: a stopgap, something that you can go golf with because your boss wants them, to, uh, wants you to go golf with them, and you know what, you're going to show up to the course and drink a couple beers, and you don't care what the score is. <laughs> yeah, sure. You, you got a perfect stopgap pair of golf clubs mm-hmm. that you got for the cheap. And that's kind of what I see with the transfer portal is you're not going to build a program off the transfer portal. We've heard that a couple of times now. You're not going to find the golf clubs that are going to save your golf game at a yard sale. It's not going to happen. But they're going to fill that hole for you nicely. You know what? For a year or two, you can plug and play this guy. It'll work well. And then you can be developing something else. You can be saving up money for those better time. golf clubs. Yes, it gives you time. And then you know what? A couple years down the road, you're putting away $50 a paycheck until you can afford that nice set of clubs awesome it's going to pay off for you in four years and you have something that's filled the gap but that's why i, I still keep coming back to this yard sale analogy is just about perfect for the transfer
2: portal it is and uh, jacob hood the uh, the name he's a three-star offensive tackle is a 17th ranked player out of tennessee picked georgia over the vols and many other suitors he's on campus that is part of that offensive line supplementation nebraska is still going for they have scott at center we know the story about rouse uh, there was a couple of other of, of options that were interested in Nebraska, but ultimately did not choose Nebraska. We'll see if Nebraska can land Jacob Hood at six eight three fifty. 350. Uh, you have Demetrius Bell. He's a wide out. This is for 2023. Out of Nashville on campus, Sua Lafutu; He's defensive lineman out of John Bosco, out of Cali. You have the South Dakota connection that's on campus. You have T.F. Riggs. He's a tight end out of Pierre, South Dakota, along with Machechek, their teammates. Michacek also is on campus. We spoke with him during signing day. Jeremiah Charles, he's a wide out from Arlington, Texas. He's there along with Ishmael Smith-Flores, the tight end mm-hmm. out of Arlington that that uh, Iowa is in on and Nebraska's trying to get. So those are the names to, uh, to listen for. We'll see if there's any commitments anymore additions portal-wise. But you're going to have to take a serious look at your roster. You've clearly gone gone portal shopping, and you've gone portal shopping to the SEC and some kids you know from Baylor, which is fine. Uh, shopping in the portal worked well for Nebraska at quarterback and at wideout last year. And you also look at A.J. Allen and, and, and Anthony Grant – both portal additions last year from TCU and, of course, from Florida State. So, uh, what what do you have that that is still to be developed on the roster? Well, you have a you have a handful of guys. I mean,
3: you're talking like roster holes that we can see right now.
2: Well, you have a you have a hole, or you want another body on the offensive line for sure. You have unproven talent at tight end. You went and got a. A high, high level talent that has shown something on the field, at least in year one, but needs to get back to that form. And as far as off the edge, you've got to replace your pass rushers because all three are gone. Uh Nelly and, and Caleb Tanner, and of course Mathis out the door. You still have Nash and Robinson on the interior, but you've gone and, and you've tried you've tried to supplement. You have Elijah Judy from AM coming in. You have uh Sherman, we talked about from Georgia, and then you have Chief Borders, the other edge man from Florida. Those are nice options. What do you get out of them year one's the question. You either you 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 either get better as the year goes on and, and finish okay, right, as we talk about what year one can be, or maybe you pull of a Michigan State and you really, really hit. I mean, that's that'd be great, but you can't be, well, you can be, but you don't want to be Three and nine, four and eight, five and seven.
3: Well, and, and I know it's. I, I don't want this to be Kool Aid with all the portal additions because there there are a lot of
2: ups, a lot of you upside can, with these guys. You can
3: celebrate, but yes, the caliber of athlete you bring. But I, in. when I look at holes at this roster to have, obviously the offensive line's been well documented. I think you could use their body or two via the transfer portal on your offensive line. The one thing I look at defensively is something that Jeremiah Searle said to us a couple years mm-hmm. ago when we had him on, and that's that every good defense needs a guy that the offense has to circle. Game, the game plan it, guy, game wrecker. It, the game wrecker. The game wrecker that you have to circle every single time when you play this defense and say, if we don't take care of this guy, we're not going to be able to do anything offensively. We have to take care of this guy first and foremost, and I still don't see that within the Husker defense. Who is that guy going to be? You don't know yet. That, that's a question. Are there some potential options there? Sure. Are you going to get a guy like that in the transfer portal? Likely you not. You could. But it comes down to finding that guy and developing, developing him, either from recruiting or from the transfer portal or something like that. I still don't think Nebraska has that guy defensively, and, and that's where there's still, you know what, some trepidation with what this team could be.
2: You've had a couple game records the last decade. I mean, you had Prince of Mukamara, you had Randy Gregory. Gregory. I mean, those are the two, Levante David and Dominican Nsou. Uh, those are some big-time game records.
4: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: And now...
2: And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Brady Olman's going to be with this uh, Visitor list offers... And, of course, uh, Portal gets for the Big Red from Hale Varsity. Next hour, reminder to get buckled up. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries, only if properly worn. Buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. And uh, Brian chimes in here. We've had a lot of thoughts on the Portal. And uh, Brian says, look, the Portal saved special teams last year. From a from a punting and kicking, absolutely it did. But I think I think Bill Bush it helped is. save special teams there last year. And could Bill Bush have done it alone? Probably not. Could these guys that came in through the portal have done
3: it alone? Like in a vacuum, I don't think either of these guys are going to be saving or either of these
2: additions saved special teams last year. But in combination, yeah, I mean, I, he makes a good point. Uh, also a second question, uh, will NIL make scholarships irrelevant as teams bring players in? Like the huskers currently twelve thirteen over the limit move some to the lower tier off scholarship and uh to to thirty grand n i l deal you you'll have the eighty five scholarship limit that's that's what you' gotta figure out and i mean i don't know what from a roster management and configuration standpoint you're you're set at eighty five now can you <laughs> Can you build your roster? You can have as many on the roster as you, you typically want. I mean, it's not going to be 185 like it was back in the day. But if you're on the roster, but you're not getting a scholarship, but you have NIL money, that's your choice to apply it towards room and board and all that stuff. I, I, I don't see it, that being... You know, it could be a loophole if you want to just... Load, if, if you're good enough to... Put a roster together of one through fours that are good and get developed, and you have it. The, the other beneficial part of that is if you have it, someone else doesn't to use against you or play against you. So I, I, I guess that's one strategy you could use. I just don't know that Nebraska would do that. I don't see Nebraska using their NIL resources like
3: that. Whenever you, as a first-year head coach, can come in and say, "Hey, man, uh, we made it through spring ball." To be honest with you, we don't have a scholarship for you. Um, We'd Uh, love you to stay,
2: but you're not going to be on scholarship.
3: You you can say that. You can move to a walk-on. If you'd like to stay on scholarship, you can leave the football team altogether, and we can keep you on scholarship Mm -hmm. as just a student and then you don't count towards the 85-man limit. That's a possibility. Or you can say, you know what? If any of those options sound great to you, we can get your name in the portal and we can help you find a new stop that's going to – help you out here. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more a conversation at the end of spring, because I think spring ball is going to be a competition period. Earn your spot among the 85. If you're one of the uh, the odd men out, I think that's that hard conversation from ruling company saying, you got a couple options here. Either you can continue playing as a walk-on here. We can move you off, or we can keep you on scholarship, but you're going to be off the football team, so you don't count towards the 85-man limit. Or we can help you find a new stop. I think that's the way it goes post-spring. I just don't think you use your NIL resources in that way. If you want to bring in a guy, you use the NI resources, NIL resources. I don't think you use it in a way to say, Here, let's offset your room and board and just throw away thirty grand for a guy that's probably not gonna Well, I
2: don't think year. you do it for everybody. You could do it for a few.
3: And you could help out those, some of those gray shirt guys. Remember, Isaac Gifford was a gray shirt type uh-huh. guy. Well, you know what? First semester, we don't have a scholarship for you, but we can get you some NIL money to help offset that. I sure. see more being used like that than a, a guy who's buried on the depth chart saying, hey, here's 30 grand so we don't have to use the scholarship on you. That that doesn't make a lot of sense to me You a financial I know, point and,
2: go- and honestly, I don't have – and I'll find out soon, but I don't have any earthly idea of what college semesters cost now.
3: For an out-of-state student – Uh, You're talking plus room and board, 35 to 40.
2: So that's what it is in Nebraska, huh? Mm -hmm. Man. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years. FSC. The FSC Edge. It's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment. It's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at fscedge.com.
1: Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865.
2: Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you. Tower Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. The Professor Bill Dolman in his study. Well, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, good to be with you. Billy D. what's going on? How are you?
6: Oh, just uh, just hanging out high atop the second floor of Anderson Hall down uh, at the university campus. The College of Journalism and Mass Communications where it's all happening.
2: Is there a picture of me on your dartboard behind uh, your 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 office door?
6: Uh, no, it's um, it's actually kind of in a uh, circular file <laughs> um, in the uh, what we call the Pepsi Center, where you know sports casting students are.
2: Oh, that's really they That's that works. <laughs> that works. We were talking yard sale, and and that's not to diminish portal players but it was a great analogy by Elijah did you ever pick up anything awesome or did you lose something or sell something man you you regret you hear stories at least I did from some of my my dad's buddies about how well I, I threw out all my baseball cards mom threw out my baseball cards well grandma Schmidt never tossed anything so dad had all of his baseball cards but we're likening man, some of those great gets you can find at a garage sale like Portal Editions.
6: How many people go by, like, you know, Portraits or pictures or mirrors for $2 and immediately rip the back off them off, hoping that they're going to find like some tre- treasure trove of $50,000 or uncast checks from, you know, stock that to, to split a few years back. I see you um, also
3: watch Antiques Roadshow, huh, Bill? I see that. <laughs> yeah, it's the story. It's always the story at Antiques Roadshow. I found it at a yard sale, ripped the back off, and there's this beautiful painting inside. Who's this Rembrandt guy? <laughs> mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, or there was just old newspapers or something like that. No, my, my, my My uh, most recent yard sale um, a nightmare is that nobody bought my stuff when I moved from Colorado, so I had to bring it with me to Lincoln. So, if anybody wants to buy some of my stuff, still for sale, you know, that was that's the nightmare is when you put it out there to and you got to bring it with you. That's mm. the bad part about it.
3: See, I helped Bill uh, unload his U haul when he came back to Lincoln. He, yeah, does, exactly. he, does, he does have some good stuff, so go check it out. If,
6: if, you, if <laughs> yeah, right. If you
3: need, uh, well, I think you had a nice little uh, a nice little card table that uh, that you had for uh, the uh, the, the for sale as well as a uh, a little living room set. So Bill Dolman's got your stuff. Hit him oh, up yeah. on like, Facebook or something. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Dude, I left all my I left the uh, the Cosby sweater couch in South Dakota in the infamous pink chair uh, in, uh, in in South Dakota twenty years ago. I didn't I didn't haul that back. But thoughts on this Georgia connection, Bill. We'll start there, and it goes to Fran Brown and Matt Rule. Matt Rule giving him a shot is a GA at Temple. It started with tickets to, to, to Fran's Pee Wee you know, League football team. And he's like, oh, you're good at this. Why don't you think about becoming a coach? Kind of a discovery, so to speak. And, and Fran, his talent and recruiting ability speaks for itself with his college stops. Now the secondary coach at Georgia. But that's the help right now. That's the common denominator with Nebraska and some of these guys that just for whatever reason didn't stay at Georgia.
6: You know, it's, it's all about relationships in, in any business, but especially you know, in athletics and especially I think in this era of athletics, you have to have people that you trust and know people that your people trust. Because right now, as we're finding out at the university of Florida mm. that it's pretty hard to find people that you can trust who are going to come through with promises and, and follow through. Um, if, if, and sometimes it's not the you know some big name coach or some big name institution it, it is though it's those those people that you meet along the way of your journey whether they're an athletic director who, you know, goes from the NAI ranks to division two, to low level division one, to, you know, major college job or a coach along the same way, or just an administrator if you can make connections with and maintain those connections and maintain your character and develop trust with a lot of people, you know, it's going to help you out, and sometimes it's it's going to be that high school coach that you know has a, a lengthy tenure at a school in Texas. I mean, that's that's what we're finding out with Matt Rule. You know, he made relationships with longtime high school coaches who have good gigs down there or in other places around the country, and they trust their players with that guy, and that's how those pipelines develop and if it's some unknown coach nebraska fans may not know about uh, Fran brown and he's the guy that's helping make that connection and those players are seeing you know what uh, i think that's a great opportunity for me to go and grow at a great place then i'm all in and my friends are all in too and it just is it's a great thing i think that mad rule has those kind of relationships and, and bill whenever we we
3: had a reaction show to Matt Rule being hired. Well, our take was generally that Matt Rule, maybe not the best guy in the cycle overall, but he's the right man for the right time at Nebraska. In part, was because of those connections. It's because of his history of finding some guys that were diamonds in the rough and developing them and really just his experience building a program up. And now, after a couple months on the job, the, uh, the transfer portal cycle is just about to wrap up. The recruiting cycle is just about wrapped up as well. Are you seeing some of those things that we talked about whenever he was first? was tired in terms of him being the right guy at the right time for Nebraska? Uh,
6: absolutely. Uh, I think we saw that. Uh, we talked about it last, uh, what was it, two days ago, about you know the trips to Arizona and the efforts being made with uh, you know Dylan Rayola and whether that pays off or not. Who knows? He may go to Oregon. He may go to USC. He may go to Georgia. But it's not going to be for a lack of effort. And I think that's one thing that, that Nebraska fans on the field of play, in the recruiting battles, in the job that you do, Nebraska people just want you to do a an honorable job and put forth a great effort. And I think most people would agree that what Matt Rule and his staff have done is at least honor that. You know, they are working hard. We'll see the X's and O's developed in a, you know, a, a fake show spring game in a, in a couple of months, and then we'll see what's going on during fall camp and when the season begins in a, a long way from now. But right now, every I think every impression that they have made has been a positive one in terms of the way they've gone about their jobs, and they've worked hard, and Nebraska people respect that and appreciate it.
3: Well, well Bill, you mentioned the spring game, and quickly, I, I want to get your take. You called it a, a fake show game, but do you think with Nebraska being over the skull? limit and what we'd assume to be guys in the spring fighting for roster spots moving forward do you think that maybe we're actually a little competitiveness in the spring game this year
6: i, I think maybe we're the only people in nebraska not on scholarship with that football program <laughs> right now and, got and asthma, uh, if Bill, we were, were on got scholarship asthma. we would be we'd be easy cuts i'll tell you that right now <laughs> well it's gonna have to be competitive i mean how else are they going to to know who As he says, you know, who wants to be here and play here and be a part of what they're doing? And if you're just going to, you know, show and go in spring ball and think that you have a job, that may not be the best approach. I I think we all know that some guys will be okay, Um, but I think there will be a lot of proving that, uh, you know, guys have to do not just during spring camp, but, you know, during winter conditioning. Uh, that, that's going to be a place where they're going to notice what the effort is like, and and who's stepping forward, and who are going to be leaders, and who really wants to be here and be a part of this. So it's not just when practice begins and when that shows goes on; um, it's it's going on right now. I got to believe.
2: Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity Radio at Bill Dolman on Twitter is where you can follow the Pride of Fairbury. Bill, you you referenced uh, what's gone on with Florida and the NIL. We'll get to some Husker hoops in a minute, but you've uh, spent a lot of time at the administrative side of things as well as the the network broadcast side. So you've seen all different types of stories and heard lots of things, and we are in a a new era of college football with NIL. And then you have a top 20 recruit, Jaden Rashada, uh, was going to go to Miami, got flipped to Florida, and uh, things did not Move like they were supposed to at Florida. Asked for his uh, scholarship release, and that was granted today. What do you think of this 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 price tag of thirteen million? Where you got empty promises? I think it's happened more than well than, than you'd like to have happened, but I think it's happened at a lot of different spots. I mean, you've heard stories. And maybe there are rumors, but you just hear stories from coast to coast about some some blue bloods not following through with that initial offer.
6: I think initially people thought, okay, if this happens, that means that uh, you know they were a few um, few burritos shy of what was promised, mm. and now we're talking about a few million dollars shy of what was promised. Um, I, I would imagine when they said go ahead with this uh, nil stuff that they thought, yeah, there might be some times where there are some issues. This is a major, to me, this is a major thing. This may be, and and I've said this all along, once once the NIL came to be that we're gonna, we will start to hear in the next few years about college football unions, uh, college basketball unions, maybe a a total union for collegiate athletics. Um, But that has to be right now being worked on by some attorneys somewhere that there will, there will be a unionization of collegiate athletics and th- th- this may also be a time when as much as universities may not want to do it, but they're going to have to face it, are some of these athletes, are athletes going to have to become employees of universities? Um, and th- that completely changes everything. And if that's the case, Then you got to start talking about long-term deals. I think, and I don't mean long-term in 10, 15 years. I'm talking like you know two or three-year commitments to a university or whatever, instead of just signing a deal and then going wherever you want to go, and then you go get a better. In, In professional sports, you have contracts. There are more rules and regulations in professional sports than there are in college sports. And if they become employees or you're unionized, there has to be some protection for those who are paying out the money that those kids are going to be there a long time. The coldest Crawford's first game as a at Nebraska is going to be in a Louisiana Tech uniform. And what did the business get for having him be their guy for a year when he didn't even play? There's got to be some protections at some point, but then also buyer beware. Mm-hmm. If you want to, If you want to do this and get involved in NIL – You might get burned by the Coldest and company, right? They're gone. Quinn Ewers in Columbus, Ohio. But I think we're moving into a direction where there's going to be unionization. You've got to worry about fraud. If you're an NIL that puts money out there on the table, then pulls it back. Um, I, I think this is really, really a big deal. I think there's a
3: potential great, great fraud schemes you could be pulling from our point of view on NIL moving forward, not to put any ideas in anyone's wow. mind or not. But, like, Bill makes a great point. Like, there could be schemes that, that trap these college athletes. I mean, you're talking 18-year-old kids who are getting money they've never gotten Uh, in their life before up to this point, and now you're going off to college and people are promising a lot of things. I think Bill just brings a great point of, yeah, there are going to be people, the fraudsters out here trying to take advantage of that moving forward. That's not really something
2: I'd thought of. Bill, quickly, let's get into Nebraska basketball. Big uh, opportunity against Penn State. Survived against Ohio State. Survived shorthanded. And uh, assessment right now where Fred's got the program.
6: Well, I think Nebraska's got 12 games left. And looking at the Big Ten, every team except for Minnesota and Purdue has five or six losses. A couple I guess might have eight or nine. I think Nebraska has to go seven and five the rest of the way to get to ten and ten or what would the yeah, ten and ten in Big Ten play to be looking at in an IT bit. 9-11, 9-11, and 11, if they go 6-6, six and six, I'm not sure gets it done. If they can go 7-5 and five and stealing one on the road, perhaps on Saturday at Penn State, who shoots the ball well, by the way, 40% from three, I think. They don't turn the ball over. But, you know, Nebraska tends to win little slugfests, and maybe that's what it'll be. They've won their last two games at Penn State. But I think with, with February, they've got uh, five of their eight games are home. If they can steal a couple on the road and protect the home court, and go 7-5 and five down the stretch, 10-10 and 10 gets them into postseason.
2: That's fair. Are you on the side of deep, talented Big Ten, or it's Purdue and really everybody else?
6: Yeah, I, I, as much as you'd love to say it's just a great league and everybody's beating everybody up, I, I think you've got a bunch of club fighters right now beating each other up. Mm-hmm. The, the Big Ten is not as good as the, as the Big 12. There's only two teams ranked. You know, it's it's Purdue and Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers and is Rutgers ranked. just and got everybody got knocked off by Michigan won the State. Six.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a strong middle, but there's one elite, and uh, you have Rutgers really is the the one team that's knocked off Purdue. We'll see how the rest of the league shakes out. Uh, Bill Dolman with us, and uh, can find Bill on Twitter at Bill Dolman. And uh, the Pride of Fairberry, NBC Sports. Billy D will run you down this weekend. Do you have an upset pick real quick for the NFL weekend?
6: I believe the Dallas Cowboys get revenge for Dwight Clark's catch 40 years ago or whenever that was. I think the Cowboys get their biggest win of the year and knock off the 49ers in San Francisco and then. They'll pee down their leg in the NFC Championship game. I
3: like that pick. I think that the Brock Purdy magic may be coming to an end. I want to
2: Maher her game winner. Mm. so both, so both middle so fingers can be ex, so both middle fingers can be extended to the nation as he <laughs> heads to the locker room from 60 uh, uh, yards out
3: we've had uh brendan in our, our comments all week long saying he believes in the jags against the chiefs and uh it may just be brendan against the world on that one
2: <laughs> it, it, it it could be it could be bill thanks for checking in brother we'll uh, we'll see you this weekend all right, boys, go Big Red. All right, there he is. Good to hear from Bill Dolman. Brady Ullman standing by. We'll check in with him next segment. Uh, John, not feeling the uh, the yard sale. John, to your point, yeah, you don't want to give away an Ernest Ousman. Totally agree with it, but I, I think what we're trying to get at, bud, thanks for listening, is finding that treasure versus giving away that treasure. Mm. Right? You go find that, that difference maker. Uh, via the portal, but yeah, Houseman's man—that's uh, that, that's no good. The yard wish,
3: sale find of all yard sale big finds,
2: big time. Michigan's gonna love him. Brady Altman's on the way at Hale Varsity. GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. NFL picks projections coming up here in fifteen minutes. Brady Altman's with us from HaleVarsity.com and magazine staff writer all over Husker football, because Brady, my man, there is no off season. Are you a energy drink or coffee guy?
4: That kind of depends. Most of the every day starts with coffee. Um, So that's a bare minimum. But depending on what I need, sometimes I'll bring in a Red Bull as kind of the the left-handed reliever when you need him (laughs) late in the
2: innings. You know, The dirty, dirty lefty. I I, I like (laughs) it. So let's uh, get some thoughts from you on Jacob Hood. Uh, it could be more dogs barking.
4: Yeah, I mean, it became kind of apparent this coaching staff was definitely going to want to mine the transfer portal for uh, an additional offensive lineman. That was clearly a position of need that they um, they targeted. They brought in multiple guys so far. Only Ben Scott has signed from the portal that they got in, you know. Um, so I think he was he was a name that popped up, and they want to get guys in. They're very energetic, aggressive you know uh, recruiting staff and now that the portal's closed but guys can come in still um, and and take visits and still sign in i think he was one obviously a good pedigree good enough for Georgia to sign him he's got a great build huge frame on him um, an imposing run uh, imposing run blocker uh, he's just the kind of guy that i think that gives them depth and makes that even a more competitive position to make everybody else better
2: are you what side of the fence are you on with uh, with with portal expectation? And, and I mean, I, I love the the SEC blueprint that Mickey went after, right? And you saw it pay off when when Nebraska was good. It was the well, it was the the, the Big Twelve or the SEC guys doing work. And and now, I mean, all ten guys are are major conference gets and. I'd say 70% of them are from the SEC. What's your expectation with this hit rate?
4: Well, I, cause I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, you look at a lot of the guys, especially on offense that really, you know, uh, popped last year and really contributed. Most of them were transfer guys. Um, You know, some of the, the homegrown guys that really contributed last year were developmental guys. And that's what rule wants. He wants those developmental guys, but um that's kind of where your high school maybe even like um a small smattering of junior college signings come from is in that get them in keep them in the program for a couple years or several years more of a long-term project whereas you get the portal guys in you can still develop them and help them you know take that extra leap but those are guys more closer to plug and play guys that can step in and make an immediate impact on the field because i think they nebraska's in a better position than temple or baylor were when rule got in but this is he wants to avoid that kind of one win or the, the false mattering season and make a quick leap and be competitive in the Big Ten West and um this this program's dying for a winner again and he wants he wants to get there and he's he's gonna be aggressive about it.
3: Brady, one thing we talked about back in hour one was the need of a team to have you know, game plan guys—guys guys that the other team has to to circle in their scouting report, saying if we don't take care of this guy, they're going to cause us some real problems on Saturday. And I, I want to open up this question to the entire roster. It could be new additions, or it could be guys that are holdovers from last season. Can you pick out a guy on either side of the ball that could be one of those guys, one of those game breaker types, where, where the other team's going to have to circle those guys in their week of game prep and say we have to take care of this guy. Just one on each side of the ball that that you would think are you know what potential guys that could fill that spot next year.
4: Um, Well, on defense, I think one of those guys that you could look at is um, Prince Will, um, Umami Ellen. He's he's got the kind of speed and size that I think that it might not happen immediately, even though this coaching staff um, has kind of said he could contribute right away. He could be a big player as a freshman, um, but we'll see kind of how he adapts to the the weight room, the regimen, how he adapts, and how the the defense kind of shifts to him. Um, On offense, it might be cheating, but that tight end unit, I mean, I, being a former eight-man guy who you know would slide out for a couple passes, I've always appreciated the tight end position. I think it's a little bit of an underutilized position. I mean, you look at the NFL; you know, Gronkowski made a living off of it. Um, Tony, you know, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates; these guys were they powered their offenses because not only do they run block well, but you've got to account for them in the pass game. And if you've got big size like. Uh, big size and mobility on that corner it's really difficult to defend so now you get a guy like eric gilbert and then thomas fedoni if he stays healthy that's a one-two punch and i don't know very many defenses that can keep up with guys of that size and speed for you know four quarters
2: It, it is the mismatch and it's kind of an equalizer for an offense where you have a tight end that can flex out can run block a Gronk and Andrews at the at the NFL levels, but a guy like Gilbert and Fidoni that th- those two options, you go double tight. I mean, good luck because you're going to be able to to out athlete and, and out physical. It's it's really the equivalent to uh, that that edge guy that just gets loose on your quarterback. There's your there's your answer a lot of times. If you're an offense, and Nebraskans remember the tight end usage well, be it Harian off of an option or a Johnny Mitchell being a magician, a Junior Miller, I mean, uh, Austin Allen, and, and of course, Vokalek, two of the recent tight ends that were, were very big in the passing game. But really, if you want to just get down to it, Nebraska's tight ends uh, were probably some of the best blockers with those wham plays when Nebraska had success running the ball.
4: Yeah. And both Fedoni and Gilbert, I think are excited to get after it. Gilbert kind of didn't play as much the last couple of years because of personal health reasons. Um, He played a lot more at LSU. And then obviously Fedoni had been dealing with, you know, health injuries um, and everything the last two years here that obviously um, diminished his output on the field. So both of those guys kind of come in. um, I ideally, and right now, I believe they're both healthy, so they're ready to contribute right away. And, and to your point, they they can both block on that edge, and if you give Anthony Grant, Gabe Irvin Jr., Emmett Johnson, AJ Allen, if you give them that space on the edge, get them to the second level. They can each one of them can, you know, be elusive or knock a guy over for a couple extra yards. And if you can get six seven yards of pop there, I'm I'm not a good mathematician. I work with words for a reason, but the math adds <laughs> up to a couple of yards that way.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Brady, what's your take on on MJ Sherman, another Georgia kid, where? Uh, Husker fans really excited about the potential. It seems like he had a career at Georgia that was a little bit hampered by injuries, put him behind the eight ball a little bit and looking for a new stop. What's your take on him? Is he a guy who could be an instant difference maker or are you in wait and see mode with him and see how he's able to, to come back and and respond to some, some injury setbacks at Georgia.
4: I'm in wait and see right now on him, mostly because you know, the injuries it's, it's tough to tell how a college kid reacts to that kind of um, to any injury at all, you know, and moving from georgia albeit a a great program obviously the best in the country right now but to move from a program like georgia to nebraska is going to be a little bit of a shift but everything i've heard from down in sec country is that they they say mj sherman is um head and shoulders above any other transfer that nebraska's got in especially at that position like a chief borders and they like Borders is respected and a very hard worker and a good fit for Nebraska, but they've said as a, as a pure football player and athlete, MJ Sherman is a, is a step above the rest of them. So he he could legitimately be a big guy uh, day one on campus.
2: Tell me about Judy from AM, and uh, His fit on this defensive line, uh, your your projection for him.
4: Well, he's he's got good speed and he's got he's got a good motor to the ball. Um, I think that's one thing you didn't really see at A and M because. You get lost in the shuffle over there. I mean, they had great recruiting classes, but also I couldn't, I didn't watch a ton of film on AM. I didn't watch them every week, but it was tough. They were to get, hard like to
2: watch co- every week. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they didn't have a coherent look to no. them. You know what I mean? Like, it, you get a guy in with more of a focused um, demeanor. He can either, you know, obviously, uh, we don't know what Tony White's defense is going to look like, but all all indications are that it's going to be flexible and it's going to fit the personnel. So he could either go, you know, three point on the edge, he could go two point on the edge, be more of kind of a pseudo offense or outside linebacker versus a conventional edge rusher. He he could, you know, depending on personnel packages fit in and be a really good fit. Um, It's just going to be a matter of what those packages look like and how, how he pops in the off season.
2: Brady Oatman's with his staff writer HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brady Otman's on Twitter's where you follow him Brady just to, to wrap your bud we've spent time on Hood some of the other, other visitors you're tracking this weekend and also an, an offer or two that's been intriguing here the last 24 hours
4: Well, they're hitting Texas hard, um, and that includes two former Bob Wager guys. Um, I got um, Ismail Smith-Flores and then Jeremiah Charles. Um, Both of those guys are in for official visits. They're both um, late class of 2023 additions. Um, I think as as of last checking, Charles is still unranked. Smith-Flores is a three-star tight end. Both of those guys are going to be project guys that they get in and want to develop and see where they fit in best. Um, at the college level and I those are always interesting because Matt Rule and his staff obviously knows how to develop guys I mean they got a good chunk of guys from Temple into the NFL Mm -hmm. and that's usually a pretty difficult task to do Um, so those are intriguing I wouldn't expect to see any of them play right away Uh, but then they've just got a litany of offers and they're not afraid to go after you know any sort of linemen they're going after skill position guys Um, they've most of them have been 2024 because I think they want to get the 2024 class started with a couple of commits, but they've also dealt out some um, some offers to sophomores and, and freshmen right now. So, I mean, they're all over the place. They're all over the country. It's not just Texas, but that's certainly where the meat of everything has been done. And um, the the word on the street is that they are being warmly welcomed by Texas high schools when they show up. The, the kids and the students love seeing them there, so that that should be intriguing for Husker fans.
2: You've got to go with the the Texas brisket, I, I would think. When you get down to the Lone Star State, I mean, and when you visit Georgia, I mean, you need to have uh, Fran Brown send up some pulled pork. Clearly, with some of the kids <laughs> he's sending Nebraska's way, but uh, the, uh, the the brisket in Texas, I mean, that's that's their thing. That's another reason to go aside from talent.
3: Brady, before we get you out of here. Um Uh, We could talk barbecue all night, but I want to get back into football briefly because we only got about a minute left. Omar Spates, very talented linebacker from Oregon State. He's on his way to LSU, so Nebraska missing out on Spates. Tell me, how real was the interest from Nebraska? Spates is a guy who kept it pretty quiet through this transfer portal uh, recruitment process. So how real was that interest, and how big a loss is it for Nebraska to not get him in the boat?
4: Um, I think that there was... There was definitely interest on Nebraska's part. I think they wanted to get a little bit more athleticism at that, at the linebacker position and on defense just in general, because they're not exactly sure what that defense is going to look like. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much Omar was uh, specifically interested in Nebraska. Um, I I think he's, he was in the mode of, of listening to all offers. And right now there's a lot of intrigue and excitement around Nebraska. Uh, But I think, I think looking at what he does in his skill set, I think there was LSU was a safer bet for him. And I think that he saw kind of the writing on the wall and wanted to play some SEC ball. So it's tough, but, you know, the addition of MJ Sherman makes that uh, loss go down real easy.
2: Brady Oltman's with us. HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Brady Oltman's. Follow him for all your Husker updates with not only Portal News, but also Nebraska on the recruiting trail. Brady, appreciate you, man. Have yourself a weekend, and uh, we'll check in next week. Thanks for the time.
4: Appreciate you guys. All See right. ya.
2: There he is. Brady Oltman's. Good stuff from him. We'll hit some NFL. More thoughts here on Nebraska hoops. And, yes, Nebraska and what they're doing in the Portal with Hail Varsity.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught, preteen Swedish boy.
2: Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency Quish Schmidt Elijah Herbal. So what are we gonna do here? Are we just gonna do one of these tomahawk steaks? Or are you just going to go bit by bit and hammer me for a 12-ounce for a, for a bone-in fillet? I mean, what, what, what's your math here since I'm, I'm on a one-game or one-week losing streak to you in the steak and the beer bet? Well,
3: see, the thing is, is with four games, that means we're going to have an even number of games. And to avoid a tie, I think we need to find some sort of ninth prop bet to make. To, to see who's going to win this, and maybe somebody's got to pick a money line game somewhere or something. Because we got, we got eight total bets to make. we got the lines of each game, and we got the totals of each game. So well, eight total bets. Got to think of a ninth. Maybe we'll think of it before our, uh, our final segment, before we get out of here.
2: Well, let's hear from Joe Burrow to get things kicked off, and, and Burrow uh, on what what this is in his eyes. And it's Cincy, it's Buffalo, round two, uh, after just the, the emotion with round one.
0: Just another game, you know, another playoff game. Obviously, you know, what happened was, you know, that's always in the back of everybody's minds, but, you know, now
5: it's win or go home. I think that's what everybody's mostly focused on.
2: Josh Allen touches on the Cincy D.
5: They're high motor. Um, they got, uh, you know, their other DN back, and they're making a lot of plays right now. Um, you know, Logan Wilson had an unbelievable play on the goal line, and, uh, you know, he's he's a heck of a player, and you know they're playing really inspired football right now. They've won I think 8 8 or 9 straight and um you know it's a team that's that's going to be tough to beat. You know they're coming into our house and they're they're playing with a lot of confidence. Um you know and we got to be ready for whatever they can throw at us.
2: Trevor Lawrence on the home field in Arrowhead.
5: It is what it is. I don't really think about that. I think about we got to win this game to keep going, to keep playing, to keep our season alive. So that's what I think about. So trying to go 38 and 0 if you want to put it that way, but you know about the that streak or whatever. Just kind of, honestly, kind of a coincidence that you know I've had Saturday games on all three levels. But I mean, yeah, let's let's keep that going. That means we're that means we're playing again next week. So um, that's the that's the plan.
2: So that was Trevor Lawrence on never losing on a Saturday. excuse has, me. No, you're fine. But, but this is him on on the the home field because it is intense in KC.
5: Obviously, the environment and the atmosphere we're going to play in is one of, if not the best, in the NFL. I mean. I can't imagine it'll be much louder than our fans were here on Saturday, honestly, but that was when we were on defense, not offense. So you, you, we played there earlier in the year, but this is a little bit different. You know, it's a playoff game, divisional round, um, so the stakes are higher, so I expect them to be even crazier, more packed stadium. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to gotta go play and you got to make sure you communicate. That's the one thing. We got to get in and out of the huddle. We got to get to the line of scrimmage so we have time to communicate because everything naturally takes a little longer when it's loud.
2: More on the quarterback roundup, Jalen Hurts, and that bounty question.
5: It's football.
0: Um, you know, I, I got a, I got a bounty on me every week. I go out there on the field, so um, go out there and just play my game. You know, whatever happens,
2: happens. And here's Mahomes on just the resolve Jacksonville has and what they're coming in.
6: Oh, it's tough, man. Uh, the, the, when you throw three interceptions, especially in the first half, if it's if, or four four interceptions, especially if it's in the first half. Um, if, if it's your fault or not, uh, that kind of can see, seep into your mind of how, man, like what decisions am I going to make going forward? Do I protect it or do I stay aggressive? Uh, but he, he battled through, man. That, that's a true test of a competitor, man, that whenever stuff's not going your way, uh, to still pull your team to find a way to win. Um, and he's done it at every level, high school, college, and now in the NFL, he's, he's taken that team and they've turned it around fast. Um, so he's a great competitor, man, and we understand it'll be a great challenge. And They have a great football team that's playing, that's been playing playoff football for it's like uh, over a month now. So they, they understand how, what it takes to win, and we have to go out there um, and do whatever we can to, to do what we can to win.
2: So the quarterbacks have spoken. What say you, Elijah Herbel, uh, when it comes to these picks? Jay Bird does chime in. Jay Bird Erickson at Chris at com. Jay Bird's usually on fire. Him and Big Ben Bolty are, I mean, the casinos call them, is what I'm saying. They say Kansas City, or Jaybird says KC with the over, Giants the under, Cincy over, Cowboys uh, the cover and the over. Mm. So that's what, that's so, what Jaybird so so says. you
3: have expert help here. That's no fair. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I love them all, but I have degenerative help. <laughs>
3: See, what's, what's really interesting to me about this is the fact that all these games, for the most part, I mean, there's some great players in the field, but it's coming down to the quarterbacks, and it's a it, new, it's is. a it's a new wave of quarterbacks this it's round fun. of the playoffs.
2: It's been recycled, and you have a new youth movement I mean, that's really tough. Every single
3: one of these quarterbacks is under the age of thirty. Every single one of them has come into the league within the past, I believe, six seasons. Uh, I think Dak is the elder state he's twenty nine, yeah. which is interesting. Uh, But it's, yeah, Chiefs and Jags, two young quarterbacks in Mahomes and Lawrence. You got Eagles and Giants, two young quarterbacks with Hurts and Daniel Jones. Bills, Bengals, two young quarterbacks. 49ers, Cowboys, two young quarterbacks with Dak being maybe the one exception. It's a quarterback round here, and I think it's shaping up to be a lot of fun. Let's do
2: a little forecast music to get us in the mood. I will start with the picks. Eight and a half the number. Chiefs the top seed. Chiefs had 500 yards against the Jags in November. You had Kansas City commit three turnovers and also – Lose a possession on an onside kick, and they still had 500 yards. It is fun to watch these two go at it. Javille's coming in. Jayville's pressure rate's been around 40% during their finish to get into the postseason, and I think Mahomes is mobile enough. It's never comfortable, but he can make do. Kansas City wins. I don't think they cover. And give me Kansas City 38, Jacksonville 31.
3: So that's uh, the over, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. What is the uh, the over? Uh, 52
3: and a half. I, yeah, so I think that's, so. That's squarely over. Uh, so you're going to go over. I am also going to take the over in this game. I'm going to take uh, the Chiefs to cover in this one. I got you think the, they win I, by 10, huh? I got them winning this game 35 to 24. So that's also an over, but I'll take the, uh, the
2: Chiefs minus nine and a half. Philly and Giants, and you have momentum. You have rest versus rush, or rust rather, and listen, uh, a guy that needed some rest was hurts, okay, because of that that shoulder. Uh, giants are they're, they're feeling good and they should. Daniel Jones is is dangerous to extend plays with his legs. And the Giants specifically 17 and 5 against the spread, 14 and 8 outright as a playoff underdog in the Super Bowl era. I think this is close. Uh, you have the FPI prediction says Philly 80% chance to win by an average of 9.9 points. I know the line right now on this thing 7.5. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit closer. I think Hertz is going to be. Dangerous enough, and he'll match that that eleventh body against a defense. Now, listen, uh, the Giants have been really salty, and I think what keeps this thing from going and and being a Giants cover, or I should say a Giants outright win, is is going to be a special teams play by the Giants. That's been their equalizer all year. But give me Hertz and give me the Giants to win. But I think the, uh, the Giants do cover. Eagles, uh, we'll say 35-28. That hook is the death of you if you bet Philly. But I like the Eagles to, to win, but the Giants to cover.
3: Okay, uh, I am also going to take the Giants to cover. You took the over there. It's set at 48. I'm going to go under 24 to 21. The Eagles get the win. The Giants cover, and that's
2: unders, and we'll get to Sunday's games after the break. We will. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by Currency.
1: Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. we for the recap. On call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: One final time, stake it a beer prediction Friday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal will get to our forecast as we continue here, Bengals, Bills, minus five and a half, Buffalo is favored here. Your trend is this with Cincinnati as the Bengals 15 and four against the spread on the road since the start of last year, seven and two this year. That tells me since he covers the offensive line is the reason they lose. Bengals got to get three turnovers here. I mean, it's got to be plus two for them to have a win. I think uh, the Bills' defense does enough with their pass rush. And give me Buffalo here with the win. And I think it's going to be a a field goal ball game. I do. 27-24. Since he's defense, he'll keep him in it. Joe Burrow's nice. Who wins between Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs in that matchup?
3: That's a great question, but let me get the score one more time. 27-24.
2: 27 27-24, uh, c- Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills.
3: Okay. Uh, I also have the Bills winning this. I have them covering it, though, Kay. just because I think both these options are high-flying. It's not going to come down to a field. Whoever wins, it's going to score a touchdown late to win the game, in my humble opinion. Uh, so with your number twenty seven twenty four, you have this game going over just slightly. I am also going to take the overs on a forty nine. I'm going to go thirty one to twenty four. The Bills get a win and they're under the AFC Championship game.
2: All right, Dallas Jay Bird said this is the five star lock, baby. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I we've been privy to overreaction with Dallas. They're awful. They're terrible. They're garbage. Oh, they're wonderful. Dax back. The defense is for real, and they are with their pass rush and ability to to stop the run. Uh, I like San Francisco. They are not going to make rookie pretty do their thing and make him win it. They're going to give it to McCaffrey. They're going to get uh, Samuel loose, and then there's old Georgie at tight end. I think that's the equalizer. Give me San Francisco and give me San Francisco outright by the touchdown, uh, I will say uh, 31-24.
3: So with that, you also have an over in this game. I'm going to take this thing as solidly under. I think this is the lowest scoring game of the weekend. I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be the 49ers defense against the Cowboys defense for the most part. And whenever I look at that, I know the 49ers' defense is nothing to play with, but for some reason, the Cowboys' defense has been playing with their hair on fire. Mark, Micah Parsons has been great. He's been awesome. I think they get uh, at least an interception off of Purdy. I know his streak's been going for a while. I think this is the day the streak ends. I think Purdy makes a couple mistakes. I think the Cowboys get an outright win here. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think it's 20-17. to 17. The Cowboys take down the 49ers in advance to the uh, NFC Championship game.
2: Big Ben weighs in. Uh, he says... Bills, Philly, Niners, Jags, 4-0 against the spread, and Ben's bleepin' lock of the week. <laughs> Weekend is Philly. So there we go. Love it. There we, we go. So I will, uh, for sure, probably this time when I win, hopefully if I win, I'm going to go with a bone-in fillet.
3: Well, let's let's run it down. You have the Jags plus nine and a half with the overs. You have the Giants plus seven and a half with the overs. You have the Bengals plus five and a half with the overs. And then you have San Fran minus four with the overs. So you were heavy on the overs this week.
2: I am heavy on the overs, and I like these lines are just tricky enough. I got the Chiefs by nine and a half. The Giants by seven and a half. The Bengals
3: by or the Bills uh, to cover seven and a half, and the Cowboys to cover four. Over, under, over, under
2: in that order. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7, the weekend edition of Hale Varsity. Thanks.
1: A Huda Media Production.